Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the website we give away, so enjoy those on us. That is freetalklive.com, and last night... Uh, in hour number three, we started reading an email from Al from New York, and he was foaming mad about the immigration issue, or specifically our positions on the immigration issue. And our right. positions are, of course, pro-freedom. But we'll get to that. I promised we'd finish the email because we only had a chance to get through two sentences before the phones started ringing. But I first, I, had, I have um, discovered some interesting audio, Mark. Okay. Now, we've talked about the checkpoints down in uh, the southern area of the country. There are a handful in the northern area as well. But there are these internal checkpoints that are happening right now in the so-called land of the free. Now, I'm not talking about the border checkpoints. We know about those, right? Everybody knows there are border patrol and you get stopped at the border. Everybody knows that. But I don't think many Americans who don't live in Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, California, California I don't think many Americans who don't live in those states are aware that 40 or 60 miles north of the border, outside of all the major cities in the southern range of the uh, the country... Sometimes it's in the major cities. Well, My understanding can't, it's in San Diego. It's, you can't get in or out of those cities without going through one of these internal citizenship, uh, citizenship checkpoints, where they're eyeballing people as they, they roll through these locations. Some of them are uh, roving... Some of them will just set up camp for a day or whatever and check all the cars. Some of them are permanent, multi-million dollar installations. And so we've talked about these on the show before. I've never seen them. I've never actually seen any pictures. You know, uh, you speak of multi-million dollar uh, operations. It, it, it does amaze me how the government can spend money on buildings. You know, I know what it costs to build a house and... The fact that the government can spend that kind of money on really just a little toll booth thing, mm-hmm. I mean, little tiny buildings with an office off to the side and some pavement, they can spend millions of dollars on that. I, it, it baffles me. Um, I guess they're building these toll booths like little bunkers so that they can handle a uh, law's rocket or something. But Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. But Waste. I still have yet to see the actual installation kind of buildings. I've not seen that. But I did come across some video today at a website called CheckpointUSA.org. Now, the site is written by a gentleman who has uh, been harassed at these uh, checkpoints, these government roadblocks. And uh, let's see, I don't have his name in front of me right now. But somebody, uh, I guess he registered over at the the New Hampshire Free Forums, nhfree.com, at the forums over there and sort of posted his story. And one of my listeners spotted it and sent me an email to alert me to this. What happened was he was harassed by these uh, checkpoint bureaucrats, the Border Patrol. And it was so bad that I guess they made him lay down on the ground and just treated him like dirt, that sort of thing. It was so bad that the next time he went through, he brought a video camera with him, and he recorded the entire thing. I would assume this guy looks Mexican. Uh, I Actually, I'm not sure about that. I think that in this particular case, they were trying to get him to roll his window down, presuming it, it is tinted, because they wanted to see his face so okay. they could look at him. He would not roll his window down. I'm going to play this audio, and it's excellent, excellent audio, really the guy is very courageous in how he handles these cops, 
And I think there's a lesson here for anybody that's ever been stopped or may be stopped in the future by the police. And, of course, you know, the more tyrannical this government gets, the more likely you'll get stopped at a checkpoint at some point. So you might want to know this. Here we go. This is from uh, one of the internal checkpoints in America. United States Citizenship, please. Who are you? United States Border Patrol. United States Citizenship, please. What's your name? Before I go on, whenever he asks, whenever you hear him ask, what's your name? I've clipped out because the guy made it uh, silence in his original video because uh, didn't want to identify the bureaucrats or whatever. I don't know if that's I don't know if it's illegal to tape them or whatever. But so you're not going to hear their names. That's why. Here we go. Could you state citizenship, please, sir? Could you state the purpose of this stuff? I'm going to have to ask you to step, drive your vehicle off to the side, please. Now listen very carefully to the way the bureaucrats word their statements. I'm, I'm going to have to, to ask, ask you. you to pull aside. Now, when you listen to that, and when it's coming from somebody with a gun on their hip, sounds like an order. It does. Sort of. It's not really, though. I'm going to ask you to pull aside? Well, if you're just asking me... No, thanks. ...then I probably don't have to, do I? He doesn't ask that question in response, but he does ask some good questions here. Here we go. Sir, did you pull over the vehicle over there? I'm going to ask you again. Why? Please pull your vehicle over there. Why? Please... Can you pull your vehicle? Please pull your vehicle over there. I'm not going to ask you again. Oh, don't ask me again. Hmm. I'm, am I being detained? No, you're not being detained. I just wanted to ask you. Well, if I'm not being detained, then I'm free to go. Is that correct? Sir, you are in our lane here of traffic, and we are not able to see you because you won't roll your window down. Well, that's... Just you roll your window down. Am I being detained? No. No, sir, you're not. If I'm not being detained, then am I free to go? Sir, please roll your window down so I can see you. Please, please roll your window down. Interesting. Hmm. Ask you a question. You, 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 you have now answered that I'm not being detained. If I'm not being detained, then am I, am I free to go? No, sir, I'd like to talk to you for a moment. So then I'm being detained, is that correct? No, you aren't. <laughs> Seems no, obvious. No, you're not being detained. I'd like to talk to you for a moment. Hmm. I think you're, you're a little mistaken on the process here, okay? If you've stopped me, which you have, because there's a stop sign right here, I've asked you if I'm being detained. Sir, a detained and a stop a is a Fourth Amendment uh, search and seizure. You have to have reasonable suspicion. You've you just admitted to me. You've just admitted to me that I'm being that uh, that I, I'm not allowed to leave. So that means I'm being detained. Is that correct? Um. We went to the academy and we had to learn the law, sir. You're, it's not a reasonable suspicion to be pulled over. It's called mere suspicion. Okay, there's a miscommunication going on between the bureaucrat and the guy here. He's pointing out, the man is pointing out, that in order to detain someone, you need reasonable, articulable suspicion. The bureaucrat didn't understand what he said, so he says, well, in order to pull somebody over, all we need is reasonable, uh, or all we need is mere, uh, mere suspicion. So the bureaucrat didn't really understand what he was saying. That's where the miscommunication is. Okay, so this is based on mere suspicion that uh, you want me to pull over. Is that correct? Certainly, because you're not you're not uh, replying to our answer. You're not answering our reply. And your name is our job. And could you uh, show me identification? No, sir, if you wouldn't mind showing us your identification. Uh, see. If you wouldn't mind. Hmm. Is it possible that this entire operation is completely unconstitutional, and is that why they're being so, well, not ordering? Right. They're not ordering anyone to do anything, and right. it's very strange. I mean, maybe they're trying to be polite. And there's three of them there. You know, they could push him around if they wanted to, but he's asserting himself. He knows his rights, and they don't quite know what to do about it. 
Well, who, how do I know that you didn't pick this up at some uh, at some store, someplace? And you're and you're. Do you have Do you have a photo identification that shows that you're Border Patrol? Are you a United States citizen? Am I being detained? Are you a United States citizen? Am I being detained? I want one one answer to one question. Am I being detained? An immigration question. Are you? Am I being? Do you have any reason to believe that I'm not? Do you have any reason to believe that I'm not? We know what your question is, sweetie. He knows what your question is, and we know you want the answer. Right, and, uh, you know, within his constitutional rights, he doesn't have to go answering questions if he's not being detained by a police officer. Now you can hear the bureaucrat in the background And going, he doesn't have to answer questions anyway unless he's in a court of law. You can hear the bureaucrat in the background uh, going, all right, all right, they're getting ready to just move him along. Here we go. A U.S. citizen. So would you mind moving out of our lane of traffic? You're blocking him. If I'm free to go, then I'll move out of the way. You can move. I, I can move, move on? Move out of my way. I, 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 you, yeah, move out of my you're, way. You're, you're done, done with me, is that correct? I'm done with you. All right. Wow. There's 30 more seconds of this. We'll uh, bring it back here in a moment. But amazing, isn't it? The it, man stood up for his rights. It's a perfect example of what we talk about on this show, of how these people pick on, these bureaucrats, they pick on people who don't know their rights, which is, of course, probably 98% of America. I would say most of America would have pulled on over a side just like uh, they expected this guy to do. But he kept asking some very, very relevant questions. Am I being detained? He batted them right back. Every time they asked him a question about his citizenship, he batted it right back with am I being detained? And they had to answer no. 1-800-259-9231. We'll play the rest of that for you here in moments. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online, (laughs) freetalklive.com. The uh, features on the site for free archives there, an entire year's worth of the show, front page of the website. You download them, they're on us. That's freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only chance for liberty in your lifetime. So get on over to freestateproject.org and learn about how you can get involved in the second American revolution. That's freestateproject.org. And I happen to know they're, uh, they've, I think they've announced at this point the dates and location of the upcoming Liberty Forum, which I'm pretty excited about. We went to the very first annual Liberty Forum this year. And we'll, I'm sure, be attending this coming year as well. It's going to be, be in Nashua, right? The first week in January in Nashua this time. So it was in Concord last year, or this year. That's rather. right about the time of the uh, New Hampshire primary. In fact, I believe it is here scheduled New Hampshire. just before the New Hampshire primary. Makes sense. So we'll keep you up to date on that as uh, as the details develop. And let's continue here. The audio that we were playing for you a moment ago from CheckpointUSA.org, a website. Um, pretty much created by one angry citizen in the United States, somebody who was harassed by uh, what he describes as suspicionless checkpoints, in that he says here, ever since the uh, Supreme Court of the United States first opened Pandora's box in the late 1970s by carving out a Fourth Amendment loophole for immigration checkpoints, the use of suspicionless checkpoints across the country has continued to proliferate at an alarming rate. Today, it's not uncommon to find enforcement agencies across the country utilizing roadblocks of one form or another to control local communities and create new revenue streams for politicians and bureaucrats. While roadblocks are conducted under a number of different guises, they all share a 
common set of traits. Specifically, they operate with no individualized reasonable suspicion of wrongdoing, which may explain why in the audio that we are playing for you, they could not order the man to do anything. Remember, he went through a checkpoint, one of these immigration checkpoints down in the south, mm-hmm. and he had audio running. Actually, he had video running, and I took, uh, clipped out the audio. It was a six-minute video. I clipped it down to about three minutes because there's a lot of blank space in it. Anyway, uh, he, he recorded the entire affair, and throughout the entire thing, the bureaucrats say things like, I'm going to have to ask you to pull over now. And they don't actually... Would you please roll down your window, right. sir? Would you please roll down your window? Would you please pull over? I'm not going to ask you again. You know, they don't actually ever come right out and give him a direct order. In fact, when he specifically asks them, am I being detained, they say no. And of course he's not being detained. Then he asks, can I leave? Which To which they then sort of hem and haw a little bit. Right, there was say, a one no about that, but then... There wa- I think there was a no. The woman said, no, I'd like to ask you a question. So that's sort of like someone, you know, grabbing your arm and saying, please don't leave, I, wa- I, have, one, I have a question for one you. One more thing. Right. And they're trying to get him to answer one question the entire time, which he refused to answer. They kept asking him, what is your sh- uh, citizenship? And he bat it right back with, am I being detained? He sounded reasonably like an American. You know, his uh, accent was yeah. very American. Maybe they'd been a little more rough with him if he were uh, Mexican. But then again, he wouldn't roll down their win- his window, so they couldn't really see him that well. Hmm. So, very interesting audio here. It shows that if indeed you do know your rights and you do have the courage to stand up for them, then maybe they'll just let you drive on through, which is what... They're about to let him do. He, uh, they, after a couple of minutes of battering him with the same question over and over again and having him bat it right back with, am I being detained, they sort of give up. You can audibly hear them say, all right, and then we get to, let me just back it up here a little bit, and then we get to this portion. United States citizen. Am I being detained? Are you a United States citizen? Am I being detained? I want one one answer to one question. Am I being detained? It's an immigration question. Are you... Are you Am I being... De- do you have any reason to believe that I'm not... Do you have any reason to believe that I'm not a U.S. citizen? So would you mind moving out of our lane of traffic? You're blocking... If I'm free to go, then I'll move out of the way. You can move. I can move on? Now, before she asked if, if he would mind moving out of their way, there was a, you know, like 30 to 45 second dead zone. Uh, of of the audio, where, so you heard the guys go, all right, all right, and then there was like a, it was instant for our audio, but there was about a 45-second dead zone in the audio where obviously the bureaucrats were talking to one another saying, you know, what can we do with this guy? This guy's, you know, he's a tough, tough person. We can't do anything about it, you know, because they can't do anything about it. As he's pointing out on his website here, there's no individualized reasonable suspicion of wrongdoing. You cannot be suspected of wrongdoing simply by driving on the road. So they're stopping everybody because, well, they're the armed gang with guns. That's what they can do. Well, they have a, a, a law from Congress that says that they can set up check, checkpoints. But just because you're there doesn't mean that they have the ability to detain you. It's very interesting. They want you to think they do, but they don't. He says they also seek to control and intimidate local communities as opposed to serve and protect them, raise revenue for expanding government programs through fines, citations, and arrests. I wonder what kind of signs and um, fines and citations they're talking about here. Oh, I'm sure they can find all kinds of violations on your vehicle. But or they're border patrol. No, no, um, no seatbelt, that sort of thing. 
They're not cops. Well, he's. I mean, this happens to be Border Patrol, but he's talking about all of these checkpoints. Okay. Sobriety checkpoints, drug checkpoints, anything where they don't have reasonable, articulable suspicion to detain you and harass you. Here we go. You're, you're done with me, is that correct? I'm done with you. All right. I just want to make sure, get this on the record, that you have given me permission to go on my way. What I asked was one question which you refused to answer was what your citizenship was. That's the whole purpose of this checkpoint. Okay, so I'm free to go. Citizenship, which you have refused to do. Mm-hmm. So we've taken down your license plate. We'll find out who you are. Mm-hmm. You're free to go. All right, thank you. You like that little threat at the end there? Yeah. We know Ooh. who you are. I'm so scared. You don't know who I am. You don't know who's driving my vehicle. Just because you have my license plate number doesn't mean squat, lady. It's always it, That's always interested me about the uh, whole license plate thing. I, what if I wasn't driving my car? Yeah, exactly. Uh, may I ask who's your, who your supervisor is? Please move out of the way. You're blocking traffic. <laughs> now they want him gone. Yeah, now he doesn't want to leave. Quit either. asking us questions. <laughs> Please move out of the way. Move along, sir. Do you believe this? It's very strange. Fascinating audio. CheckpointUSA.org is his website. And, uh, you know, he's got his personal story up there about how that he was harassed by the cops and at one of these checkpoints. And that's what encouraged him to install a video camera in his uh, in his vehicle. I don't know if what he did in far as recording the Border Patrol was legal in his state. I'm not sure about that because it, it didn't sound like during any of the audio or any, any said, of the video. He never said you're being recorded or anything like that to them. So I don't know. But nonetheless, I'm glad he did it. Because that certainly was educational. 1-800-259-9231. Now, I, wouldn't, uh, I, I wouldn't make too much of a judgment on one stop by one guy. Just because... Uh, it's, it's certainly a, a case study. Just yes. because they asked him to pull over to the side. Um, we're going to have to ask you to just pull over to the side. That doesn't mean that they don't have the, the wherewithal to make you pull over to the side. Oh, they certainly could. But in that case, they would be talking differently. When he asked if he was being detained, they would say, yes, pull over to the side now, sir. And then he would have to. Because if he did just saying, don't draw too many conclusions from one video. It's very interesting, and it makes one wonder, but it's just one, one video with three bureaucrats. Well, the conclusion is, you should stand up for your rights. I would agree. You should ask that question. Am I being detained? Critical question to ask. 1-800-259-9231. If you've got a checkpoint story you want to share with us, you're welcome to do that. On the way, we will delve into the email from Al from New York. He's upset. Very upset. It's Free Talk Live. George Phillies is the right candidate for president. A serious, well-educated candidate who stands for the basic principles of liberty and the basic principles of this nation. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, libertarian for president. I approved of this message. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The wiki's there, over 1,400 pages created by listeners just like you. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Head on over to wiki.freetalklive.com to see what it's all about and get interactive. That's W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in the pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles, all within the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click Join Us Today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org. Let's go to the phones to the fun. Talk to Mike in Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hello, Mike. You're on with Ian and Mark. Hello. How are you guys doing? Great. Good. What's on your mind? Uh, well, I, a few years back, I was on my way home. And I was helping a friend move some furniture. He's leaving town. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, I was going through a little town that's known for speed traps, and it went from 35 to 50. Well, I go through there, and I pass a state trooper. Well, he slams on the brakes and chases after me. So I pull over, and he comes walking up. There's two of them. And uh, they're both about five foot five, mm-hmm. and I was a little bit bigger than both of them put together. And uh, the one remarks what an old motorcycle I had. It's a 76. Mm-hmm. So uh, they come walking up, and the one, he's the cocky one, he goes, driver's license, registration, proof of insurance. So I handed it to him in the order he asked for in. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, uh, where are you coming from? And I explained to him in a polite manner. I said, I was helping a friend move out of town. And he said, well, what's your destination? I said, well, if you take time to read my driver's license and tell you where I live, because that's where I'm going. Well, that kind of ticked him off. <laughs> and so uh, they asked me, he said, have you been drinking? I said, no, I don't drink. He said, are you sure? I said, well, I know what I put in my mouth. Don't you know what you put in yours? <laughs> well, that kind of ticked him off. <laughs> so they get in the car, and I don't know what they was doing, but they got back out. And uh, the one I, that said I had an older motor- motorcycle said, uh, Asked about it, and I said, I told him where I bought it, how long I'd had it, original mm-hmm. owner, and everything like that. So they get back out, and I said, uh, what's going on now? They said, well, we're going to check your VIN numbers. I said, VIN numbers? I said, I explained to you, I'm an original owner. And he goes, well, we're going to check just to make sure. Mm-hmm. So he's down there for quite a long time, and he gets up, and he says, the numbers are wrong. The numbers I said, what do you mean the numbers are wrong? He said, they don't match the paper. I said, what do you mean they don't match the paper? He said, there's a five instead of a six. I said, well, I guess I've had the wrong numbers for all these years. I said, well, you know what you get when you have state employees. Well, he didn't like that remark. I bet he didn't. <laughs> so then they get back in the car again, and they get back out again. And the one says, I noticed you don't have a speedometer on your motorcycle. I said, well, I broke out off few years back it's in a drawer of the house he said have you ever been pulled over for moving violation i said no he said within the last three years i said no he said no speeding tickets or nothing i said no he said you don't have a speedometer and you've never been pulled over i said well only ride as fast as i can see well they both looked at each other and didn't even know what that was all about and they got in the car another time <laughs> you were really screwing out. with these guys <laughs> oh yeah well I got a philosophy about that. <laughs> What's that? Uh, treat them with kindness and then piss on them. <laughs> so anyhow, they get back out, and he said, I'm giving you a warning. First of all, he goes, how fast do you think you were going? I said, well, I was going from 35 to 50. Nice. <laughs> and I said, well, I was probably going maybe 38 miles an hour. He said, well, you're going faster than that. I said, well, how much faster was it going? He said, well, I can't tell you. <laughs> 39. 39, yeah. Yeah, so then he hands me, he says, I've got a warning for you. He could tell you, but he didn't want to. Well, they never had time to get a speed uh, reading on me because uh-huh. I kind of took them by surprise. Gotcha. And uh, he said, here's a speed warning for you. And I looked at it. It wasn't signed, dated, or anything. And mm-hmm. he said, when I got home, to go ahead and throw it away. This is 45 minutes I put up with this. Wow. So, yeah, so that's that's what's going on on the highways anymore. Just, that's an amazing story. Thank yeah. You, thank you for sharing it with us. Do you have any other thoughts? 
no, not really. I don't know what else to say to that. It was just brilliant. Uh, you, the way you handled those cops, I mean, that, that you were as, as sort of as smarmy as you managed to be without actually any sort of consequences. That, yeah, I mean, beyond well, the fact that they wasted almost an hour of your time. But Yeah, well, I weighed as much as both of them put together. I'm kind of a big guy. You think that, had, that was a big factor? Well, one of them had something nasty to say when I stood up off the bike because my bike only says like 28 inches off the ground. It's a low one, huh? On. And I stood up, and they both just kind of went, oh, man, like that, you know, so. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so that's that's adventures on the highway. I guess if you're riding a motorcycle dark, you're guilty of something. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate the story, and keep up the good work out there. And let you us know bet if you have anything you. Have a good one, guys. Thanks, dude. 800-259-9231. Awesome. I really like that. Yeah, he came out well on that one. Yeah, yep. Sickle CAI toll free line. Uh, jumping into the email box from Al from New York. Ian and Mark, I have the fa- yeah, the fact that you support the actions of illegal aliens disgusts me. Now remember, as I said last night, whenever he says illegal or legal, it's in all caps. So he's yelling it at us. Because remember, if you yell things, then people understand them better. <laughs> So, the fact that you support the actions of illegal aliens disgusts me. Now, Mark, do we support the actions of all illegal aliens? Well, there's some illegal aliens that come here to this country and they commit crimes. I don't support crimes. I'd like to say that I support people who don't hurt others. And I think that there's no such thing as an illegal alien. I think there's such a thing as people in Washington, D.C. who believe they have authority over others that would like to deem others as illegal people. But it seems to me that we're all just individuals, and individuals should be judged on what they do and if or not, whether or not they actually bring harm or damage to others or their property. I support a man wanting to get ahead in life, uh, work hard, support his family. I support all those things. I support women doing that, too. But yep. And I support the, the free marketplace where that man or woman can come into a, 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 an area and find some work and go at it and find themselves a place to live and enjoy their life. What's right. wrong with that? I don't think for a second that uh, I'm obligated to supply that man, whether he's from Mexico or Kansas, with any kind of free ride. Nor is he, nor should he be obligated to fill out a bunch of paperwork that I shove in his face if I consider myself an authoritative government bureaucrat, uh, which is really what the problem is anyway. The only reason why you think these people are illegal versus legal is because of the amount of paperwork that they've filled out. Anyway, let me continue. He says, as the child of legal immigrants, I believe you're both, uh, both avoiding the real issues. You talk about the government being inept, which is true. No one disputes that. But what the overwhelming majority of Americans believe is that anyone who wants a privilege of living here must go through some process. Um, I would say that the overwhelming majority of Americans do expect that. And I think that the overwhelming majority of Americans have no idea, not even the slightest clue, as to what that process is currently. The mountains of paperwork, the uh, the, the fees, the lawyers that you have to have, the, like, the, the high likelihood that they're going to lose your paperwork. I don't think Americans have any idea how no. unfair the uh, immigration system is. It's outrageous. I think if there was a three-day check uh, quarantine or something at the border, um, you know, where people were checked for invex- infectious diseases and their criminal checks done, I don't think that there would be nearly the outcry um, about illegal aliens uh, in this country. 
They wouldn't be illegal for that point. They'd wait three days and off they go. By the way, he's going to come back to his point about how what most Americans want, in his opinion. And the polls back it up. Most Americans do want to have some sort of immigration, uh, heavy immigration enforcement. Most Americans believe... Isn't that an argumentum populum? It is argumentum ad populum, which is an appeal to pop, uh, popularity. Right, because says, a lot of people want it. It's it good. It must be right. It must be good. And, and that's not true. It's right. a logical a lot of people, fallacy. A lot of people at one point believed the world was flat. That's correct. And it wasn't. And they, they were, were wrong. wrong. It's very well possible that a lot of a lot people, of people at one point in this in the United States thought that it was okay to own slaves. Does that make it right? Most people in the United States went to government school, so there's no surprise that people think the way that they do. They've been educated that way. Come back with the rest of Al's email and your calls as well at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show, and that's why we call it Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then we ask that you go and you shop at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. So, it's easy. You just go and do your shopping like you normally do. Just start the process at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. 41 categories to shop from. Huge selection of products. Great super saver shipping deals. Free in many cases. Just head on over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Let's wrap this email up here. From Alphonse. Al from New York. He's upset. He's a law and order type. If it's illegal, it's bad. If it's legal, it's good. And so follow the law and you'll be a good person. That's sort of the mentality here. He's talking about immigration, of course, and he says I'm that... I'm sure Al has uh, laws that he has a problem with. He seems oh, to sure. just like laws that keep out immigrants. I'm, I'm sure you're right about that. Anyway, uh, he says, well, the overwhelming majority of Americans believes that anyone who wants the privilege of living here must go through some process. I know Ian would disagree that living here is a privilege and not a right, so maybe that's the main issue. Actually, I uh, don't necessarily think it's either one. I think that in a free market, which we don't have in this country, and I would like to have, in a free marketplace, you have the right to do business with anyone else who wants to do business with you. So if I come in from some foreign country and I find somebody who's willing to rent to me, then I can rent from that person. I don't have a, a right to rent from him. And, um, you know, if, if I guess if he is deciding to rent to me, then he is granting me the privilege of living in his home. But that's the right to do business. That's the right to conduct uh, business and do uh, commerce and transact things and Make agreements and enter into contracts. That's what people should have the right to do, is enter into contracts with other individuals who voluntarily choose to do so. I just think that uh, in a nominally free country, we are in a free country, and we so claim that free people should be able to move across free borders freely. That makes sense to me. He says, to my main point, most Americans want immigrants to come here legally. And I would rebut that by saying most Americans are blissfully uninformed about the immigration situation, as you pointed out. Right, they don't know what the, they, they say legally, but you know they don't know what the laws are. They don't know how difficult it is. But here's what he proposes: the following requirements: immigrants should not commit major crimes. Many illegals do. A large portion of our prison system is illegal. In fact, wouldn't everyone be illegal in the prison system in that they've all committed some sort of crime? I see where he's saying. He's saying they're immigrants. In the right. I, uh, you know, I wouldn't have the worst uh, time in the world if you kicked out uh, 
people that had committed violent felonies against other people out of this country, um, if right. they had the chance to, if, if somebody had the chance to come in here and make a better life, they committed a violent felony. I, I don't have the biggest problem in the world for kicking those people out. And he says, after anyway, they've served their time. Right, but now we're talking about criminals and not immigrants. See, there's a difference. Just because you're an immigrant doesn't necessarily mean you're more likely to be a criminal, and I think there are a lot of people that are trying to suggest that. But interestingly, shouldn't we be kicking out our own citizens that commit violent crimes? I mean, shouldn't we deport them to Mexico or something? He says anyone... Under the same sort of logic. Maybe we should set up an island somewhere and drop them all in. Penal colony. Escape from New York, that sort of thing. Uh, Anyone who isn't... Which, they're remaking that, by the way. Can you believe that? You don't need to remake Escape from New York. Anyway, anyone who is not a citizen and commits a crime, says Al, should be immediately deported, in my opinion. It's the responsibility of the government to protect its citizens, and somebody here illegally is an invader by definition and should be dealt with accordingly. Well, bad news. Uh, in theory, government's supposed to protect its citizens, but the Supreme Court's ruled over and over again that there is no responsibility to protect. And I think it's a, 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 a pretty paranoid position to come from to say that anybody who's here illegally is an invader. Yeah. Like they've like they've come with uh, you know a big fur coat on and a, a giant sword in their <laughs> hand and they're they're coming across the border to disembowel you and rape your wife. No, Absurd. they're not. They want to work. Yeah. And they want to take a lot of awful jobs, too. So please, come on in. He says immigrants should not carry disease. Did you know the diseases America wiped out years ago are coming back? Again, how are Americans being protected from these invaders? Well, you know, we've heard the claims about the typhus or whatever. The Well, no, no, it's not typhus. Um, what was the claim? Um, TB. TB. And it's uh, drug-resistant no, TB. No, uh, there was oh, something leprosy. else. Lepers. Leprosy. You know, there, there are these claims that there are these leper colonies in uh, Texas. No, uh, there's no solid no, evidence of it. There is no actual news reporting on this. Nothing. All there is is just emails floating around the Internet. Right. If there were leper colonies in Texas, don't you think that somebody in the news would have reported on it That'd at this point? That'd be huge news. Immigrants, he says, must work legally. Most individuals on welfare today are illegal aliens. Somehow I doubt that. I doubt that very seriously that most people on welfare today are illegal aliens. I think that we have lots of lazy, shiftless bums that live in this country. And I would, in America. I would agree with you that there are some illegals probably getting uh, benefits. I don't know how many, and I would imagine it's probably difficult to get benefits as an illegal. Probably scary um, proposition to go in front of some government bureaucrat and say, I need some help. When you're an illegal alien. He says, why are our tax dollars going to these people, many of whom are sending our money out of the country? Can you also address the strain our health care, school, prison systems, which they are not paying into? They're not into? sending your money out of the country. It's their money that they're sending out of the country. And I would support your right to send your money anywhere you want. If you want to buy a product that was manufactured in China, I'm not going to bang on your door and say, you're sending money out of the country. Well, Because it's ludicrous to say so. He's suggesting that they're taking tax dollars and sending those out of the country. And he's upset about how, that. How, is he getting ta- how are they getting taxed? Well, the welfare recipients. I don't know. I, the problem is the welfare, I imagine they dude. have a difficult time um, getting welfare checks, specifically a check, right. as opposed to WIC or something like that. But maybe you're right. I why? don't know. I, I've never gotten welfare, and he I try sh- to avoid that he shouldn't disgusting be asking, stuff. He asked the question, why are our tax dollars going to these people? What you should be asking, Al, is why are you having tax dollars extracted from you and redistributed by the government to whomever they think is appropriate? It doesn't matter that a portion of them are going to some 
so-called illegal immigrants, most of them are going to a bunch of uh, regular Americans. Why don't you ask questions about that? Why is that not offensive to you? Why is that not what you're lashing out against? And it seems unlikely to me that people would be sending money out of the country if it was easier to immigrate immigrate to this country. If they could bring their whole families without the right, the, bring the, them all the possibility here. of grandma getting uh, dying in the desert with her cane limping across the border. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, I, I saw the uh, the Penn and Teller episode on immigration, and the you know you can pretty much only come here if you're relatively young and strong. I mean, it's not easy to to cross the border. My God, can you imagine these young strong people are sending money back to support their old infirm parents? How Ter- terrible people! Immigrants should Americanize, he says. This does not mean white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. This means culturally. They don't need to wrap themselves in the flag, but bilingual education, for one, I believe is something the founding fathers would find abhorrent. He says, when in Rome, do as the Romans. Means you must adapt to the country you move to, not the other way around. They're moving to America, after all. Bring your traditions, but remember your allegiance must be with the USA. Okay, um, I'm I'm with you to to some extent on this. Um, I'm not sure about allegiance. Allegiance is a strange term. Um, I have no allegiance to the American government. I have the uh, I have an allegiance to the concepts of freedom and liberty, and that's why I take the positions that I do. What I would say is that um, if we removed the government from this particular issue, like schools, for instance, mm-hmm. then you wouldn't have a problem. Look, if Spanish-speaking people want to educate their children in Spanish-speaking schools, I don't have a problem with that. Largely, vastly, these people will not want to do so because they will want their kids to have a better life and have more opportunity. And in this country, if you can't speak English, your opportunities are sorely limited. You know, these people are just they are just so bad at concealing their bigotry. Because if it were really true that they wanted everybody to Americanize, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. I mean, America is a melting pot of different cultures, so I don't even right. really know what that to means. To say that, that, that there is an American culture is, is uh, it's at very least a broad, broad stroke. But let's just focus on the English-speaking aspect of it, right? Because that's pretty clear. It's pretty clear they want everybody that comes here to speak English. Why aren't these anti-immigrant people marching through Chinatown and Little Italy with signs that say, speak English, you chinks! Speak English, you wops! You have to get on out of here if you can't speak English! What is with you people? Why, where are all the protests over them, huh? Where, where are the protests? Where's the anger over these uh, enclaves? What about the Cubans down in Miami? Nobody's messing with them. Hmm? Where's all the outrage? Well, something uh, it's something the, about Mexicans, the, isn't it? The, the Cubans have proven themselves to be a valuable asset, and to the, so to have America. the Mexicans. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just, Except to the bigots who hate them because of the color of their skin or where they're from. Al finally wraps up. I could go on, but you get my point. Americans want strict immigration laws, and it's the most and it's the responsibility of the government to listen. I know politicians don't give a damn, and I hate pundits both left and right. But I do believe most average Americans are screaming for stronger borders. To support no borders as you do is to oppose the entire idea of a country. We don't. We don't support no borders. We I support no bo- no borders. Well, how I support are you gonna... private property, and you can put up your own border on the, your own. The land. American border should be right next to the um, the Mexican border and the Canadian border, right where it is. Now the Mexicans and the Canadians can have their. Borders, I think that people a, should be able to cross these borders freely. A border being a line and um, a line drawn on a map is what I'm talking about. And he says you oppose the entire idea of a country. Yeah, yeah, I do. This is just a plot of land with individuals on it. That's all it should be—a free land where people can be free to live their life how they want to. Country means nationalism, and you know all these awful concepts that have really just brought us down a, a dark and scary road. I have no love for countries. I have love for freedom and liberty. 800-259-9231, wherever I am.
Hour two's coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and we're launching into hour number two of the program. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online, freetalklive.com, the place to go, the features for free. So enjoy those on us. Let's roll right into the phone call, shall we? Ladies first, to Paula in Florida. Paula, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Yeah, hi. Hey. I agree a lot with what you just were talking about. The whole freedom and liberty thing? Oh, yeah, well, about the, you know, I've, I got a hold of the Mexican president's office. Really? And I, yeah, and I put him... ¿Hablas español, Paula? Huh? Did they speak to you in Spanish? Yeah, I mean, I, I talked to the uh, to the Mexican embassy, and then I talked to the State Department and to the Human Rights Organization. They had a meeting with him right after I called. Okay. And that's uh, what I told them. I and said, Paula called a meeting with the president of Mexico. That's awesome. Anyway, uh, You've got connections, is, Paula. It's is what uh, I was trying to get the point across that... They are going to help pay for all the expenses of all these illegal aliens here. And I said, we're not going to pay for all this. I said, you're going to pay for it. And I said, you've caused this problem, and now you're going to help pay who, for wait, it. Wait, who caused the problem? Mexico has done it. What, themselves. What problem are you talking about? Okay, the thing is, these people don't even have jobs worth a damn down there to even support themselves on. Okay, mm-hmm. They're coming here to get jobs because there's not anything hardly down there except for farming. Yeah, okay. you know, she might be right. She might be right. Like the uh, the awful, uh, the third world sort of uh, economy or or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if they're yeah. technically third world but, down but there. I told him, I said, you're going to have to help pay for this. I said, you've caused this. And I just put him in his place. But anyway, the thing is, uh, they had a meeting <laughs> with him. It came across on uh, TV that night and said that they had a meeting with him. And um, anyway, um, the thing is, too, uh, I need to get on the air to, you, to y'all about Jim. He's working with Ron Paul. He's going from state to state. We're trying to repeal this RFID, and uh, he needs donations. Well, okay. Wh- what is mandated by RFID? I don't understand. He's I haven't gotten my the, chip yet. Well, it's here in the state of Florida. They, they what are you chi- talking about, they chip Paula? you? Yeah, we've already got them on our license plates already. They've got chips on the license plates yeah. now in Florida? Yeah, and your driver's license. Well, now, the driver's license thing, I, I guess I believe, because they're starting to put them in the uh, the passports. Yeah, well, they got them on the license plates here already. Matter of fact, they're putting chips underneath, or these things underneath the pavement of the roads, where they're already putting them in to where they know, you know, who you are when you're driving. Mm, that's amazing, Paul. And I just Paul. talked to his wife, and she said that we're going to have to pay more for gas plus this on top of it. You know, if you find an RFID chip or you suspect one's in a certain location, a hammer will take good care of it. It's just true. Give it a good well, whack. That's what I said. I said, why can't we just get rid of it? You can. You know? And you should. Thanks yeah, for the call, Paula. Like- we appreciate it. 800-259-9231. She has to be the most well-connected woman. She is putting the smack down on the Mexican embassy. In America. Actually, just able to able to pick up the... I mean, I have trouble talking to the, you know, the city water department. Yeah, it's difficult uh, to get them on the phone. Uh, <laughs> She can pick up the phone, and the president of Mexico is at her beck and call. Just an amazing, amazing woman. <laughs> 800-259-9231. We believe you, Paula. Yeah. Let's go to the amp line. Talk to Puke in New Hampshire. Puke, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. I was just talking to the Pope. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> we got a direct line. What did His Holiness have to say? 
Oh, uh, he just said hi. He just wanted to give a shout-out. That's it. True. <laughs> we don't True normally that. do shout-outs on, uh, on Free Talk Live, but I'll take a shout-out from the Pope. That's not too shabby. Yeah, he's got a lot of nice rings and hats and stuff. He's a cool guy. Um, I, I love the Nazi youth photo of his. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, back to the immigration thing. I was um, listening to this guy, this email you were reading, you know, and, and uh, he stated a couple times that his, his uh, ancestors immigrated legally. And and I always wondered, um, how do you know that? You know. <laughs> yeah, how do you know? Did you I get their papers? My, I barely knew my grandparents, let alone my great grandparents. Didn't know them at all. Right until yeah. the 70s, they didn't have this big police force that is now the um, you know, the ICE organization. They didn't have them. So if you were here illegally, how would they even know? Exactly. I mean, you know, I can only assume that my ancestors came here legally, but I, I haven't a clue. I don't even. I barely even know what their names were. You know, let alone how they got here. So, uh, you know, think think a little bit about that whenever you're spouting off about how you know how your ancestors got here, because you probably have no idea. Yeah, so. it's, it's very presumptuous. Puke, any other thoughts? Uh, no, that was it. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Yeah, they love that one, don't they? Oh, well, I came here. My folks came here legally, and so everybody else should have to do that, too. Well, your folks didn't fill out mountains of paperwork. They didn't have their paperwork get lost by USCIS and have to fill it all out all over again and file several hundred-dollar filing fees, followed by more hundred-dollar uh, application fees. There's application fees. There's filing fees. There's uh, you know licensing fees. There's green card fees. They just nickel and dime you to death. It's not nickels and dimes. It's $1,000 each pop. So, you know, please, anybody who came here so-called legally 100 years ago was not having to jump through those same amount of hoops. In fact, if you just, like you said, there was no enforcement bureaucracy back then. So if you just arrived on the shore somewhere in America, no one would know. And no one would ever ask you. I don't think anyone would ever think to even ask. A hundred years ago, if you're just living your life in whatever city it is that you've chosen to live, nobody's going to say, you know, hey, did you go through the process you were supposed to go through before you uh, came here? Nobody would would even think of that sort of thing. It's just bizarre. And I'm sure there was plenty of hatred back then. You know, there was, uh, I was just, at, we were at uh, Murphy's Tap Room the other day here in, uh, in, or actually over in Manchester, which is a great little place that was set up by a free stater, and all the free staters, free state project members tend to, to go there and hang out. And the guy who set it up, uh, Keith Murphy, obviously has some Irish heritage, right? And on the and wall, look, on the wall, there was one of those uh, signs. Help from, wanted. No Irish need apply. Yeah, yeah, from from back in the turn of the century, that sort of thing. Uh, or at least the 20th century. Right, back when the potato famine wiped out um, a good portion of uh, Ireland and certainly impoverished a great deal of its uh, uh, inhabitants, and many of them decided they'd start a new life over here in the United States, land of the free. I imagine that a lot of the bigots back then, the anti-Irish people or anti-Polish people or anti-fill-in-the-blank people, I bet a lot of those people would have loved the idea of an immigration enforcement bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. But since uh, since in the early part of the 20th century, we didn't even have the CIA, that concept probably wasn't even something they could generate in their minds. But now we have this uh, government that's everywhere with us. And you know, the Irish assimilated. I don't understand why we're so worried about the Mexicans not assimilating. Well, the fact is they do. Yeah, absolutely. Studies show it very clearly. Two generations later, you've got people 100% fluent in English, and they can usually not even speak Spanish anymore. Third generation largely can't. Let's go to the phones and talk to Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hi, guys. A couple mistakes. One, 
uh, it is possible to trace lineage in this country, and it's much easier over the last hundred and you know uh, thirty years, you know, with Ellis Island and sort of the uh, you know coming to the country. In fact, not only did the immigrants have to have their money and their fees to come in to the United States, but they had to have relatives or friends or people sign they would be responsible for them. What year uh, so are you they referring get, to? What, what time period are you referring to? Uh, anywhere from the 1880s through, you know, up until, uh, I guess, uh, you know, the current uh, period. But Come primarily on, when the big big eras of immigration occurred with the industrialization of but the United States. But no, there was no ICE. There was no immigration enforcement bureaucracy back then. No, there here, might have been the somebody thing. at when the port in New York. Island, you not only had to have paperwork and have sponsors and have your money to show that you could uh, stay in the country for a certain amount of time. But if you had pink eye or any health problem, you were quarantined and sent back. Ellis Island is one one place in the entire country of America. It's an area where lots of European immigrants came into. That's probably the largest central but what uh, happened to the rest of them? Where immigrants from the last hundred years? What, what happened if know, I, I? I understand. I agree that Europe a lot of immigrants to. came through I mean, Ellis Island. What happens if I came from um, Spain to, I don't know, Jacksonville, Florida? Well, I, you know, I didn't know about airport. that, but I know in California you had immigration in uh, San Francisco. Uh, Los Angeles, usually at the ports. Now, you know, Frank, people that can figures, on the jets. That, that figures because wherever there's people transacting with money and there are people around, government's going to want to be in order to suck off of them like the parasite that it is. But and the also, fact is that the government is, was so small back then, people that yep, landed at uh, you know the port correct. of Manatee would have been able to waltz right into uh, the country and they would have been no would have been no big deal and no one would have looked at them sideways. Thanks for the but call, the Frank. 800-259-9231. I'm not denying there were immigration bureaucrats in certain places back then, but they didn't have the, you know, they didn't have the, the width, the horizontal uh, width they do today. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. That's 800 259 9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site for free. Get signed up for the updates. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something new to announce about the show. You'll know it first if you're on the updates list, and you can get on it for free by going to updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Your mattress was likely manufactured using all kinds of disturbing chemicals. Does this bother you? Well, it bothers some scientists, especially in the case of young children. Savvy Rest mattresses are made uh, made of 100% natural latex rubber, organic wool, and organic cotton. Try their crib mattresses, too. SavvyRest.com for the sleep you've been dreaming of. That's SavvyRest.com. Let's go to the phones and to the fun talk to Bill in Oklahoma. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey there. Hi, guys. How you doing? Great. What's on your mind? Well, uh, I have a, a couple things that I want uh, to uh, express on the air. But uh, first and foremost, we were talking about the immigration issue. Yes. The young lady that uh, talked to the Mexican president. <laughs> I don't I, believe a word I, she says. Well, no, but I, I'm just curious if she brought up the fact that he ought to pay for the execution of the American who caused the death of, what was it, like 16 illegal aliens in the back of a truck. Now we're trying to get him on death. Uh, uh, we're trying to sentence him to death because we're doing 
all of America a favor by killing off the illegal aliens. It seems like these bigots want it both ways, but, you know. So wait a minute, you're saying that there was an American smuggler that that 15 people died while they were riding in the back of his truck? Well, yeah, uh, I don't know if he was an American or not. I know that he was was a coyote that was uh, uh, trying to bring uh, these illegals over into the United States illegally uh, Hmm. in the back of a truck, which ultimately caused their death. Now, uh, he's already been sentenced. He's serving a life sentence for this. But now we want to go back and we want to get him uh, with the death penalty uh, because he encouraged others who were Americans to participate in this activity. Oh, so it's not because he killed 15 it's not because 15 people kill uh, were uh, were killed while they were transporting with him it's because he was he was encouraging others to do the same thing. Well, uh, for the lack of better explanation that was how it came across on the media news, but huh. uh, interesting. But that's that's beside the point. The, the, the two main points I wanted to touch upon. First, I wanted to a- answer Mark's a burning question from yesterday. I believe there was a, a, a question about how uh, the government could stop, like, Internet porn uh, if they really wanted to. Um, well, they can, and they, and they will. Uh, how? All they, have, all they have to do, really, is they have to uh, uh, basically call up ICANN, which is a, uh, a, an organization, uh, its U.S. offices are in California. Mm-hmm. They basically uh, assign the domain names, like the freetalklive.com, that's right. where it ultimately comes from, is those people. It's leased out to whoever you registered it with, like a GoDaddy or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's ultimately who they get it from. Uh, and what they'll do is when they're forced by these bureaucrats, uh, because there's something on these websites they don't agree with, they will just politely strong-arm ICANN to, dis- uh, to deactivate the uh, domain name. Now, I, I don't want to confuse anybody. They don't bring down the sites per se, especially if they're overseas. But they basically force the websites to only accept the numeric value of, of the website address, meaning you'd have to know the IP address of that website at that point. So, wait, has this actually ever happened? Has the U.S. ever strong-armed ICANN into removing the domain name uh, registration of foreign websites? Um, for foreign websites, I believe uh, they did it for a while with those guys, the Pirate, the, uh, Pirate, Pirate Bay. Bay. Um, they did it for a while, but Pirate Bay kept getting it uh, re- uh, reassigned uh, uh, because there's a European out, uh, uh, branch of uh, ICANN. Uh, I'm not sure where they're located, and I think it's in Belgium. Huh. But what uh, the U.S. would do, the U.S. would say, okay, we don't want any of our U.S. Uh, uh, visitors going to this website, so we're going to block them from using the uh, the piratebay.org uh, domain mm. name. And it worked for a little bit until they went back to the European office, and the European office just turned around and turned it back on. Uh, so it went tit for tat. But, yes, the government can really uh, strong-arm Internet businesses uh, with uh, uh, with the Internet. So just because uh, Internet gives you the, uh, the, the luminous of being free market, free speech. It's not necessarily the case. The government I see where you're work. coming from, and we know that, I mean, the government has certainly targeted websites for, uh, for elimination in the past, but usually they go after the hosts. Typically, they go after the internet service provider or the hosting provider, and well, they demand that they take that site off of their, their host. Um, well, they, they, but they're, they're having a problem with that, because now uh, the Supreme Court has already ruled that the, the, the web host providers are not 
uh, responsible for the content that their users put on their site. Um, what would stop ICANN from just moving their operations completely outside of the United States? Uh, that's a good question. They have a, um, a commercial interest, actually. Uh, they, uh, they actually uh, struck a deal with um, – got to remember who they struck the deal with. Um, you, you caught me off guard there. I was already that's okay. on my – uh, but there is a commercial uh, a corporation here in the States that has a kind of like a, what we consider a contract. Uh, uh, so ICANN rolls out the, the domain names through this third-party business, and this third, per, uh, third business goes out and gives it to the individual um, web hosting um, companies. Right. So it's like a, it's like a tiered process. Um, so that's what stops ICANN from relocating outside the United States at this time. I don't know. I mean, I see where you're coming from, but it also seems like you I mean you pointed out the case about the Pirate Bay. They managed to get their operations back online, and they're going strong today. Uh, so it seems to me that even though the government certainly has a pretty strong reach when it comes to shutting down websites, it, they're not completely foolproof at it. Um, nonetheless, you had a secondary point? Yeah, well, uh, a different topic, just uh, I want to touch it briefly. Our good friends over at, uh, at uh, Sound Exchange really did a good one for us. We uh, we we. We complained and we wrote our congressman. We we lobbied and we wanted these rates to be lowered. And this is for the guys, internet uh, royalties, right? For the internet exactly. streaming royalties. Yes, sir. Exactly. Okay. And uh, they kind of gave in a little bit, but here's uh, you'll find this one kind of ironic. They went ahead and uh, if your business, uh, if you're uh, streaming a station and you're making less than 1.5 million a year, which that's pretty much 99 percent of. Uh, all the webcasters uh, sure. out there, uh, they're going to go ahead and, and let those webcasters stream and pay the royalties based on 1998 figures. Sounds like a plan, right? Okay. Sounds well, better. The, well, it sounds better, but here's the catch. They're now uh, extorting money uh, in the form of if, if I want to play Mark's GarageBand's music, I get to pay the new rates because Mark doesn't have an agreement with uh, any kind of music producer that has a, a, a financial interest with the RIAA. So the, R, the RIAA, in turn, is going to punish me, the, the streamer, for uh, not streaming any of their music out on the Internet. So wait, let me see if I've got this straight. You're saying that the Recording Industry Association and all their cohorts have made it so that anybody that plays their licensed music will be allowed to pay the old 1998 rates, while anybody who plays any music that is unlicensed by them will have to pay the new rates. Yes, sir. What a scam. You know what? Anybody who's doing Internet streaming should just ignore these uh, demands and just go ahead and do what you were doing before. Don't pay them a dime. These people don't deserve your money. They didn't work for it. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. This is your show. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on our website await. 
And they're totally free. Got over a quarter of a million posts on our bulletin board system. Lots of people interacting, serious topics, fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. And you'll also find that it's totally free. bbs.freetalklive.com. As we go to the phones, to the fun, and talk to Eric in Michigan. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Hey. What's on your mind? I just tuned in. Have you guys spoken about the Canadian provocateurs yet? We have no, not. I don't think okay. so. What, what, what is this? There was a union rally in uh, Quebec uh, on the 22nd, I believe, and they were against the SSB, which is apparently some Canadian uh, bill that's going to be passed that will promote uh, internationalism, what do you call it, uh, free trade between a couple of nations. It will be like NAFTA, I guess. Are you sure it's the SSB or is it the SPP? Uh, SPP, I think, yeah. Okay, right. that's the You're Security right. and Prosperity Partnership that's, that's, uh, that's going on between Mexico and Canada and the United States. Precisely. And uh, so it was a bunch of union workers that were all in their 40s, 50s, 60s wearing suits that were protesting this. Mm-hmm. Completely peaceful protest. All of a sudden, three guys wearing masks, camo pants, and uh, bandanas walk up, and they decide they're going to start something. So one of the guys picks up a rock, and they start you know, uh, chanting, we're going to start a riot, this and that. And so the leader of the union says, no, you're not. You know, this is our line. Get out of here. Mm. So uh, what happens is <laughs> he says to the guys, you're cops. And uh, there's a video camera guy there. And he uh, zooms in on this guy's eyes, and they just blow up like saucers. And, I mean, the guy starts freaking out. So all really? of a sudden, these supposed, uh, you know, rioters uh, come in here, and they move over to the police line. One of the guys leans over the shield and starts talking to the cop. <laughs> <laughs> so it, get, it, it gets worse. So uh, all of a sudden, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. These guys pretend to wrestle their way through the line of cops. The cops gently take them to the ground, handcuff them, let them leave their bandanas on, and then walk them on out of view. Unbelievable. There's the video footage of all this, right? And apparently, um, a, a, a little added fact, apparently the uh, the boots that the uh, provocateurs <laughs> were wearing were exactly the same boots that the Precisely. police were wearing. It's a very special kind. They're uh, piercing-proof boots. They're issued to cops. They both had on the same type. All the guys who were taken down and all the cops had on the exact same boots. Very strange. It totally validates what I said. What was it, last night on the show about uh, the police sending in agent provocateurs into peaceful protests in order to stir things up, in order to give the police, who are actually visibly as police, the excuse to go in and start cracking heads. That's what they wanted to do. I heard that the uh, reasoning was that they've spent so much money on security at the conference they're having in Quebec that they wanted to justify it by bashing in some skulls. Mm. Wow. Well, the cops just like to do that sort of thing. They love the adrenaline rush of of attacking people and harming others, and so this is what they tip. This is typical behavior uh, for these police. Well, and I'm sure sick. that the the police would defend themselves in saying that if they would send in the provocateurs in order to uh, find out, they would out never admit to sending in provocateurs. Anybody, but but it's pretty clear they did in this case. They would say we don't know who those guys were. Well, they would find they would uh, incite the people that would be you know likely to start a riot anyway. Uh, they would get them, you know, they, they would have more control by having the provocateurs in there. Yeah, the uh, head of the Quebec police said, you know, we completely deny this, and now uh, all the major news outlets in Canada have picked it up, yeah. even the C, uh, CBC's picked it up. So it's Didn't, a pretty big story. Were you the one that posted that? On the, evidence. Somebody posted the video, I think, on the Free Talk Live BBS, right? Right. I'm not sure. I saw it on YouTube. Okay. I think they posted the YouTube video, uh, video there. So if you go to... Uh, if you go to bbs.freetalklive.com, I don't know if it's in the issues forum. I presume you can that's... just search for Canadian. Canadian, it'll be it'll one of the up. most recent ones. Okay, okay, very good, Eric. So any other search thoughts? in the last um, one day. Your search criteria would be one day, and then the word Canadian. There you go. And if you can spell provocateur, I can. <laughs> it's quite a difficult word. Actually, I was uh, I had a thought about the legitimacy of government just really quickly. If I could okay, sure. That. 
Uh, I was thinking that in a uh, free market society, you might have certain groups uh, where you'd have private gated communities, for instance. I imagine And perhaps so. they would grow so large that they would be somewhat like countries. And you'd have people uh, having kids in there, and it seems that the kids would automatically be, you know, part of that community. Just because they're so young, they can't make the decision, you know? Right. So how is that any different if they're going to be taxed to live in that community? How would that be any different from, say, the United States? And as long as you're allowed to leave, isn't any government legitimate? Because it's just like a private institution that you are allowed to live in or leave from. Well, when so you're dealing you, with you can pay taxes to live there or not. When you're dealing with kids, you're dealing with a, a sort of a different situation. But but let's talk about what you're pointing out because it's 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 a good example. We have things like that today. In fact, Ave Maria, uh, Florida is about. I think it's opened its doors actually a couple of months ago now. It's this private. Uh, city, basically, that was built by the founder of Domino's Pizza, who happens to be a very devout Catholic. And he built this private city on something like 400 acres with the intention of having, well, being able to set certain rules like, uh, you know, the Walgreens or a discount store or whatever can't offer contraception, for instance, if they want to do business there. And so it's, it is essentially a private city. And the people that are going to move there are consenting to agree to the rules when they go in there. And that's a completely different situation than what you have with government, where there is no consent involved, where you, you, you have to be subject to the rules because men with guns are saying so. You did not ever, uh, ever explicitly sign any sort of agreement uh, saying anything about uh, agreeing to the rules. So, no, governments are not legitimate. What about children in those communities, though? I mean, those children aren't going to have to sign a, you know, sign a document as soon as they're born saying, I want to live here. They can't understand that. Obviously so not. at a certain age, do you say they have to sign the document, or how does it go? Because it seems to me, just by the fact that they're living under their parents' houses in that community, they are a part of that community. By the fact that they're in their parents' houses means they have to follow their parents' rules because it's the parents' houses, not their kids. Um, so obviously they'd have to follow their parents' rules who presumably would have the same rules as the community, so therefore they're uh, by, the, by default underneath the community's rules. As soon as they're old enough to decide whether or not they would like to be independent, uh, then they should be uh, free to make the choice to leave or stay. And if they choose to stay, then they would be able to explicitly uh, consent to that. And as far as age of consent is concerned, I would presume that each individual autonomous area would decide what that would be. Well, I have to say that sounds almost like what we have in the United States, almost exactly. And I think that provided that you can leave, any government is legitimate. Um, but you weren't. I, I wouldn't argue with you the legitimacy of government. Obviously, Ian would do so. But I, I would say that uh, you know the bigger the government, uh, there's no place to go that would be without government. So there's no that's, place. That's what I thought you guys would argue. And so what I was going to say is, if you have one free society, one area where you can live freely, does that mean that all other, uh, rather all other other governments become legitimate because sure. you can leave to somewhere else? No. <laughs> governments, governments are not legitimate because they're agencies ruling uh, with coercive force over other individuals versus what you're talking about, which would be a consensual situation where every individual was consenting to live under those rules. And or in addition, government's rules, government's rules are completely arbitrary and in many cases influenced by a majority of voters, which doesn't have anything to do with what people really want and has everything to do with a, with a uh, sort of an arbitrary political process. I'm not seeing any difference between this and a private society. I think that as long as you can leave, you are consenting by staying here. Thus, the government is legitimate. That's the way it seems to me. So, therefore, if a, uh, an armed brigand comes up to you and points a weapon at your face and says, hand over your money, as long as you stick around, you're consenting to being robbed. Is that right? I'm not, I'm not going to justify any government action, but I think that provided the fact that you can leave, like, for instance, in the Soviet Union, you couldn't leave. That government was illegitimate entirely. I can't leave. I cannot leave the rule of a government in this country, sir. It's just not possible. 
Thus, if there was one free society that you could move to by not moving there, you're consenting to be under that government. Not role. so. Not so at all. You may not actually be able to. I mean, leaving can sometimes be difficult for people. I'm not defending those who say, oh, I can't get out of where I am. But in many cases, uh, you could be perhaps uh, crippled. Uh, you could be you know, mentally incompetent. You could not have a lot of money, not even enough money for a bus ticket, in which case uh, the government would be impoverishing you to the point where leaving might be very difficult and going and starting up in a new place would be prohibitive expensive for you. So, What's the difference between that and Ave Maria? Because I'm sorry? I think he's reeling, Eric. Reeling. What's the difference between what now? That Ave, and Maria Ave Maria and uh, this. Is it just because Ave Maria is smaller so you can walk out? I, because I, you're only arguing that if you're physically incapable of leaving, like if someone won't wheel you out in your wheelchair, then therefore the government's illegitimate. I don't think that's a valid argument. No, I'm, go- I'm telling you that an armed gang using force over others is illegitimate every There's single time. There's going to be time. an armed gang in Ave Maria as well. It's going to be the, uh, the Right, police. they're going to enforce the contracts right. that you've signed when you've moved in. But, but everyone yeah, did agree to something in Except Ave Maria. Except for the people that were born there or the people that inherited their parents' house that um there. I do not consent to these particular governments that are ruling over my life. And nor should I be forced to leave, sir, because they shouldn't own me. Should they? No, absolutely not. All right. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231 is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You either own yourself or you're owned by somebody else. I own myself, and I would not like to be a slave. And I shouldn't have to be forced to leave somewhere if I haven't agreed to their rules. And I haven't agreed to their rules. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on our website we give away, so enjoy those on us. And if you want to help support the show, then you should go and AMP. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is we give away everything on our website, so we ask that you voluntarily support the show for as little as 3 bucks a month. All you have to do is go to amp.freetalklive.com, learn more about the program, learn about the perks you get access to, like the amplifier-only chat room forum and the, uh, the amp-only call-in line, and learn about how we're spending that $3 a month because it doesn't go to paychecks. It comes right in and goes right back out the door to help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations across the country. So if that's valuable to you, head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Live.com. Speaking of the amplifier line, let's go to Rob in Georgia on the amp line. Hey, Rob. Hey. What's on yeah, your mind? I wanted to talk about uh, the notion of a private community essentially becoming a country. Okay. Um, that is actually a very good question, and, and that's actually a more difficult to answer question than you might realize from the standpoint of an anarchist, because let's assume that you have a community. I don't know the specific rules of Ave Maria, but let's just imagine a, uh, a community which had fairly restrictive religious laws, mm-hmm. privately owned, sell it, uh, sell, sell houses and stuff to people so if they come in they agree to these stipulations. Now, you're an atheist. Let's say that your parents have this property um, and they die and they pass the property on to you. The question is, do you have to live up to those same religious stipulations? Well, I don't know. I guess that would depend on what the agreement said when they were passing on the property. I mean, but they may actually be prohibited from passing on the property to an atheist. Who knows? In fact, and this is this is this is this is the the thing where, in my mind, it gets a bit subtle because what you have to understand is in a situation like that, where you have that sort of a community, there is, in the most literal sense, no truly private property. All property then is held. Essentially, there are, there are going to be a bunch of um, 
There are going to be a bunch of um, caveats on how it can be used, mm. um, all of these um, um, stipulations on, uh, you know, rules as far as who can be in your home and all that sort of stuff. All those things essentially mean that your, your neighbors have co-ownership rights in your property, and that's what you agreed to at the time. So right. effectively, you have no ability to truly pass, the, pass that property over in its entirety to your heirs. It's not a very unlike situation in fact, to the way that medieval feudalism worked in the sense that the feudal lord had to leave. Now, this was a more coercive system, but the feudal lord had to leave his entire property unbroken to his eldest son. He could not subdivide it among his kids. That's one of the reasons why the serfs stayed serfs. Hmm. So basically you're yeah. saying that, that in, in that way the, the, the whole private community like Ave Maria, Florida, this Catholic town, really doesn't differ that much from the government in that, you know, even if they aren't paying property taxes per se, let's say they have a membership fee, uh, you know, if they don't pay their membership fee, then they have their contract revoked and then the house goes back to the town, the, the private ownership of the town. In this case, the owner of Domino's Pizza is sort of uh, the king, if you will, of, uh, of Ave Maria in that way. That is very much true. Now, like I said, that these people voluntarily agree to it, but I think it's very important for someone to, to realize, especially once you have taken up the difficult mantle of anarchist. Uh, Which I don't take up. I take up the mantle of free marketeer, personally. Well, free marketeer. That's fine as well. Uh, but once you have taken up this sort of mantle, then you have to understand that some of these contracts do have that. That's a very real, stipula- that's a very real ramification of going into that sort of a private community is that you are effectively saying that this property is no longer exclusively private. That's, that's the agreement you're, you're essentially making. Now, a lot of people won't make that agreement once it's explained to them, so I right. think it's very important that, that that be explained to them. Absolutely. Now, what, I mean, if you had a chance to answer uh, what Eric's point was earlier about you know, the difference between, uh, or actually more about the issue of you know, if you live in a place and could move to somewhere else that is free, are you not consenting to the absurd rules of the government in the place where you currently live? I don't know that you could say that, are you consenting? I would say that you are making a sort of, you are making a temporal assent to it, but that's always the case with anything that you do. Anytime you don't choose death as opposed to some other option, that means that you are assenting to this because the other options you find to be worse. I mean, that's pretty, I mean, coercion, that's what coercion is, really. I mean, it just means that, you know, no no one can force you to live, for example. I mean, Coercion just means that, that, that the options which are being given to you are worse than the ones that you're taking. So I, I, don't, I don't really find that to be all that terribly morally convincing in, in any kind of real sense. It's sort of uh, – what his argument was sort of based on is this sort of legal doctrine of silence is consent, in that if you do not dissent, if you do not speak out against the tyranny that is being imposed on you, then by the world, the legal world rules, you are therefore consenting to whatever it is these people want to do to you. But once you say, no, that's okay, I'd rather not participate in your little system, then you've, you've been very explicit, like the uh, – we started the show out with – an audio clip from somebody that uh, was being pulled over at a border patrol checkpoint who he kept asking them am i being detained and they kept saying no but if he had gone ahead and consented to the things they were asking him to do like pull over to the side get out of the car roll down his window all of these things they were simply asking him to do if he had just kept silent and did as they asked him to then he would have found himself in a much more difficult situation but because he spoke out because he refused to consent to what they were what they were wanting from him they let him move on through 
Yeah, I mean, I think that that sort of thing is is important, but I don't. I'm not going to be one of those people who says that that silence is in fact consent. Now, it may have the same effect as consent, but by that same token, same thing applies to slaves. I mean, I don't really think that's morally any sort of meaningful statement. Right. Um, the because because if, if that's all it was, at any time you could say, okay, I don't want to do this, and that would be just fine. They would drop it, and we know that that's not what happens. And also, he was pointing out that, uh, well, you know, if you aren't, con- or if you are there, then therefore you're consenting to being ruled by these people. Therefore, the government must 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 be legitimate. And I don't think at any point you could argue that the government is legitimate. I mean, the government's bureaucrats or the government elected officials are selected by this secret balloting process, which in, in and of itself is completely illegitimate. There's absolutely no way that you can prove that entire process is legitimacy, can you? No, I mean, and in fact, you could make that same argument about just about every government that has ever existed. There have only been a handful of governments that didn't allow people to leave. I mean, that's pretty rare. That's a good point. But that doesn't mean there haven't been plenty of them who've been, who haven't been quite oppressive. But um, I think that his, his comparison, I felt, was extraordinarily apt, um, is that because um, you know, Ian supports the idea of private communities and, and contracting, that because um, somebody you know, can contract to have one of these houses and have these rules um, over them, that's fine and dandy. What about their children? Do they have to apply, by, you know, do they have to abide by these rules when they become 18, the, the age of majority? Um, at what age does a child become well, able to uh, sign a contract? That, I would presume that, again, I, I said that each private community would decide what age that would be, but also if the child was acting out against the rules, he'd very quickly find himself up against whoever the enforcers were in that area and eject to either ask to, to consent to the agreement or leave the community. Right, and in the same way that that happens today with our government. And um, you would say it was legitimate with the private community, but it would be Because illegit- everyone there is consenting. Everyone except the little kids who right. Everyone here cannot. is consenting except for you. Well, that's not and necessarily well, true. I, I would have to disagree with you on that, Mark. There, there was a whole bunch of non-consenting. I, I'm saying everyone in the sense that 99% of people consent. That's not true. Most of people assent. They stay silent and they put up with the crap and they don't understand that c- they could say no. They've they, been educated by the government. They to could think go out and things. vote and they don't. Why should they bother? It's not worth voting for most people. They understand that most of these people are just others who want individuals who want to rule over their lives. But these are arguments that could be had inside the private community too. And you know, I, I just don't understand um, I think how a lot that of people don't consent to the income tax. I mean, they do it because they they feel that, that the government will steal all of their property if they don't, and they're right. Absolutely, absolutely true. Fine. Um, uh, more than uh, something like fifty-one percent consent. It doesn't matter how many consent. The fact is, if you stay around. You're consenting. Yeah, I mean, I think that there are a lot of people who actively consent to government. I just think that I, I, I don't think that one that applies to a minority, and I don't think that the consent is quite as widespread as some people might believe. I don't think staying silent legitimizes the government. It doesn't help delegitimize the government. If you're silent, then you're not doing anything for or against the government. You're just putting up with its crap. I agree. Thanks for the call, Rob. Appreciate it, man. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. If I put a contract out in front of you, Mark, and you don't sign it, and you just stay quiet, you're not consenting to the terms of that contract. Yes, but I, if, if I was born under – my parents signed that contract, and I was born into a community where, I have, where they have special rules, mm-hmm. and I choose to stay in that community after my 18th birthday um, – you know, I I have the choice. You'll of, be asked to sign an agreement. In that, likely, in that you, like you, likely you would, but um, 
you know, I mean, what's the difference? So you haven't been asked the to sign an agreement. You're explicitly signing something so and you explicitly consenting. So you haven't been asked to sign an agreement. No, That's I haven't difference? been asked to sign an agreement, and nor I would, nor would I sign an agreement if the government were to put it in front of me. What if it's every, an awful deal? What if every government on the planet did that? What are you talking put about? A, Our agreement is coming up. You. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the website we give away, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. On the way here, if we get a chance, I know, Mark, you've got a story about a child suspended for drawing something in mm-hmm. school. We'll find out what that was and uh, maybe get to that story. Of course, take your calls about whatever you want. But uh, what I want to do here is break one of the uh, rules of talk radio and continue a topic from last hour. So for those of you just tuning in, allow me to recap. We are talking about the so-called legitimacy of government uh, with a, f- a few of our callers. Right. Does the government legitimis- legitimately have the authority to tell us what to do? And we're also talking about consent uh, and people consenting to certain rules whenever they move somewhere. And one of our callers was making the argument that, well, because you stay where you are, you're consenting to whatever the government's rules are. And, of course, there are a lot of government rules and I don't really know what they all are necessarily, but that was his point. He was saying that because we're where we are and we don't go somewhere else, we're therefore consenting to everything that government wants. And we we're also talking about Ave Maria, which is a town in Florida that was created by the founder of Domino's Pizza, who happens to be a very devout Catholic. And his vision for the town was that it would be sort of a Catholic town, Devout Catholic town. Uh, to where you must come in there and, and you have to sign some sort of an agreement to get into the community. It's a, it's a private, closed community where businesses are allowed to operate, providing they follow a certain set of rules, because it's private. Right. It's like a devout Catholic club where you own a house. Exactly. And so, you know, we were comparing and contrasting the two situations. The caller's point earlier was that, well, if you go to Ave Maria, you very clearly have consented. uh, But what about the kids? What about the kids that are raised in this particular community? Right. After uh, 18, 20 years or whatever, are the kids obligated to follow the rules of Ave Maria? Um, On their 18th birthday, will they be asked to sign a contract that says we will follow the rules? If they sign the contract, are they obligated to do it because of coercion? Um, You know, they would have to uh, leave the community if they didn't sign it. Um, Is the community legitimately um, expel somebody who hasn't signed it, who's 18 years old? Um, and uh, what if the government, instead of just you assenting by saying, by not saying anything, um, you know, not giving your consent, you therefore assent, um, ascend to the uh, rules of the government. What if the government on your 18th birthday slid a piece of paper in front of you and said, you, do you agree to follow our rules? And what if every government did so if you didn't have one free place to go? I think, and, and, and when you asked me that question, it just blindsided me because I was trying to imagine that actually happening because it would have been, it'd be great. I mean, I, I, governments aren't legitimate because they rule by force. They, uh, they haven't actually done anything in, in the way of uh, commerce as, as far as that is concerned. Well, they haven't... Um, but Ave Maria would, rule, would enforce their rules by force. Um, likely if you uh, were 16 years old and you broke their rule of having right. a condom or something like but that, you'd you get a warning if you, didn't, if you continue 
continue to break their little rules, you'd be kicked out of the community. But as you pointed out, Ave Maria, everyone has consented. Except for the 16-year-old. And that's fine, because uh, the bo- actually our board made a good point on this, and that is that in Ave Maria, your agreement is uh, per- perhaps for the house, and so therefore anybody living in that house is therefore consenting sure, to the, the, all of the rules. The, the parents consent for um, that they will enforce these rules upon their children. Right, and if they don't, then the parents are in violation, and perhaps the whole family would be uh, would risk eviction from that private community. So your kids are, will either get in line, or you can just kick the kids out. Anyway, you, your question was, what would happen if the government actually put an agreement in front of you? Let's say you were moving to a new location, and the government of that area said, well, before you can move here, you need to look at this. And it actually outlined... Like a homeowner's association agreement. Right. And I thought to my, you know, when you said that, I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. I thought about it a little bit more, and I thought, you know what? That would really be great. Because if the government actually had to do something like that, then all of a sudden governments around the country would be far more competitive with each other than they currently are. For instance, here in New Hampshire, when I went to go and register to vote, that piece of paper was put in front of me. Yes, it was. On the voter registration form, there, was, there were four paragraphs. And one of those, most people don't bother reading these things. They just say, oh, I want to vote, so I better sign this. I read those paragraphs. And one of those paragraphs said that I agree that I will follow the rule, all of the laws of the state of New Hampshire, specifically the one, or especially the one that requires me to register my vehicle within 60 days and blah, 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 blah. I crossed that paragraph out, initialed it, then signed the agreement. Because I wanted to be able to vote, considering that's my constitutional right, without actually agreeing to follow all those laws. Right, and there's no government agent. Uh, I mean, it's some little old lady at the, uh, you know, she's doing voter registration uh, volunteerism. So she she didn't pay much attention. She's 90. Right. She can't read that well anyway. But my point is, they did put that in front of me. However, when I read it, I couldn't possibly agree to it, could I? The the I agree to follow the laws of the state of New Hampshire. Do you have any idea what the laws are in the state that you live in? Not, not even the state. How about just the local government? Do you have any idea how many laws they have on the books? If they wanted to put that piece of paper in front of people, it would also require you reading tomes and tomes of information, which, of course, nobody could actually expect anyone who's a human being to legitimately be able to do. So, therefore, the governments that were to do what you suggest, and that is put some sort of a consent form in front of someone, would have to seriously pare down the amount of laws they have. So instead of having all these silly man laws and rules and zoning regulations and all this crap, it would pretty much have to be you know, reduced to a few pages where it would say, I agree to not harm anybody. I will not, you know, do damage to others' property. I will not use force or fraud in my business dealings. You know, those sorts of very simple, common law sorts of agreements. And then it might say down at the bottom, and I agree to pay, uh, you know, 2% of my income to help keep the roads clean and help do this and that. Great, please put that in front of me and allow me to actually make a decision for the first time in my life to actually consent to some of these rules. But in order to do that, it'd have to be kind of simple. The whole system would be have to be understandable by the average person, and the government has no interest in that. What if? So that will never happen. Th- this, this is not the only um, circumstance where contracts reference books. Uh, for instance, when you uh, s- sign into the military, you uh, agree to follow the military order, um, you know, code of justice or mm. whatever, that, that whole set of law books. I don't know how big they are, but I imagine they're pretty, pretty darn expansive. 
Um, I, what if Ave Maria says you won't violate any of the rules in the Bible, and they mm-hmm. get to interpret them in that fashion? <laughs> so the contract that you would sign that these governments put in front of you could just say you will follow all of our laws. And they wouldn't necessarily have to print out every page for you to initial like you do a mortgage. They could just say, you'll agree to follow all the laws. Do you agree That'd or not? That'd be a step in the right direction if they actually did that. Because then people would ask, you know, the, the more... Would the government then be legitimate? If it, they would be put far, that piece... it would be far... I mean, it would still be a gang ruling by force, and that by, by itself is always illegitimate. Uh, but pr- considering that's what we have today is, you know, little gangs all over the place ruling by force. But that's how Ave, Ave Maria is going to rule. Um, their, that's how you rule. You rule by force. It would go a lot further towards them being legitimate than anything we currently have today. I'd love to see that happen. Please. Would you sign it if it was put in front of you? It would depend on what it said. If, if it, it said, said you had to follow I, the laws... I agree to follow all the laws. Then I would say, show me your laws. And and then they would say, um, you can go ahead and check on the internet with uh, you know here here's the uh, you know the U.S. title code blah 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 and you can read all those laws at your uh, convenience and of course if you did try to read them you would die before you ever had a chance. Right, to in read which case them. I would say no you need to make this simple you need to make it very understandable I'll agree to follow common law where I won't bring harm to to another person. What if they property. said what if they said well you're going to have to leave the United States then. Well, that again would would again show that what you're dealing with is a violent armed gang of thugs and but not it, a legitimate but a violent group of armed people. gang of th- no no you 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 just um, spitting out terms because here. see Mark violent, this is supposed to how, be a free country right if indeed this is supposed to be a free country then I am supposed to be able to stay here and live in freedom if it's not a free country then I'm dealing with armed thugs so it's one or the other I'm either dealing with people that want to enslave me or I'm living in a free place which one is it well I, I think that the, 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 the free country thing is largely PR you can't have a well, free country I believed it when I was being uh, raised in this country I was told this was supposed to be the land of the free I told it over and over again and damn it that's what I would like it to be how about freer land of the freer <laughs> we're largely we're, we're freer than most people 800-259-9231 that's the SACL CAI toll free line for you if you want to talk about the absurdity of this uh, particular situation we live in today the idea that we're ruled by these governments actually without any ever explicit, explicitly giving consent in many cases you want to talk about that or bring up whatever's on your mind Johnson's on the line Sean in New Hampshire everything goes on Free Talk Live 800-259-9231 This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. That's 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. The features for free. So enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female listeners. The dozens and dozens of ladies have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com to see what it's all about. That's Shrine.FreeTalkLive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. Let's go to the phones to the phone. Johnson in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Johnson. Johnson in Connecticut. Going once. Johnson in Connecticut. Going twice. We'll put him back on hold and try Sean in New Hampshire. Sean, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? 
Hey, well, um, it's uh, no, it's the free, it's the. I'm sorry, it's the uh, It's EBV. Yes, I recognize yeah. your voice, John. What's on your mind? Well, um, I just want to say that we emailed Johnson. Uh huh. And he was very rude. Okay. Well, you have to understand, you know, you you weren't around when Johnson used to be on the show. Johnson's got a bit of a, uh, you know, he's got a bit of a. He's crabby. Yeah, he's a crabby yeah. pants. Um, he's not the uh, not the most courteous of uh, of gentlemen. I mean, if you're in good on good terms with him, then he'll be good with you. Obviously, he was pissed off at what you guys did, and for good reason yeah. because you know you got on the air and you dropped some f bombs, and that was pretty crappy. Well, that wasn't so. us. That wasn't us. Those that was somebody that else. People like like when that like after I called you. That person who swore on the on the air and asked if you did acid, that wasn't us. That's true. That guy actually yeah, I, did email me afterwards, and so I know who that particular individual was. Yeah. So you are correct about that. Anyway, so you, are you are you and your group denying having dropped f bombs on our? Uh, air he was talking about after they apologized. So they did it in the in the uh, in the yeah. past. Much though, it's like like two or three times. Like, and it's not like that's the point of the prank call. It's just one time a kid just completely messed up, and so he got pissed. And that's what he said. Well, it was the point of some of the calls, but nonetheless, we don't know who is who and what is what. So, anyway, what's your point tonight, sir? Well, um, I just want to say that, like, Johnson is really rude about that. That's Johnson for you. You know, that's just how he is. We we said, yeah, well, uh, we have a... And he said, how about... The, the asshole price of $600 instead of the normal yeah. price of $200. You can't really even read Johnson's email because he cursed too many times. Uh, exactly. So we, we really All can't right. even well, let you get away with that one. Okay. Well, one, one more thing. Um, where are you guys located in New Hampshire? We're in lovely Keene, New Hampshire. Why do you ask? Well, I just want to know because I totally hacked you out of that information. Oh, my God. You hacked the information? I'm going to hack you now. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Okay then, toodles. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Was he was he suggesting that he because like, he knows our physical location can somehow get into our computers? No, 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 no. That's not it. Yeah, I think he was suggesting that he like socially engineered us by asking us a question, and we honestly answered it. I'm not sure what that it's means. Just it was lame. But we talk about Key New Hampshire all the time. Yeah, it's on our wiki. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com, and I'm pretty sure it says where we broadcast the show. From. Mm-hmm. Not a secret. No. All right. Our mailing address? He's an elite hacker, though. So let's go to Johnson. Speaking of Johnson, he's on the line now. <laughs> yeah, um, can you hear me now? Yes, can you believe that amazing feat of social engineering, Johnson? That was just awesome. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that part. I was talking to the board off at the time about, about the fact that I wasn't able to hear it before. Oh, he asked, us, uh, he asked us where we did the show from. It was one of the EBV crankers, and he asked us where right. we did the show. I said Keene, New Hampshire, and then he t- started saying something about how he hacked the information from us. Oh. Anyway. Yeah. That's Just, probably in relation to the fact that he emailed me, you know, when he when he asking about the shirt, he wanted those custom shirts. And when he emailed me, he emailed me from an open address, so I posted every little bit of uh, detail of information about him on our BBS, ooh. what high school he went to, the fact that he lost one of his most recent wrestling matches, the fact Shoot. that he's, a, you know, a junior, uh, all, all that sort of information. He uh, he has a lot of information about himself but on the why, internet. Like, why would people. you want to uh, do such a thing? I mean, wouldn't these guys be potentially, you know, they're going to buy uh, custom T-shirts uh, from us? Why Why not just, uh, you know, make them the custom T-shirts and send them on their well, way? Well, I did. I, I Actually, I did give him an offer. I gave him the offer of, uh, you know, I said, this, this will be the standard offer from this point forward of people who threaten our livelihood. And I said... We absolutely offer uh, custom products that you have to order custom products at a, at a 24 minimum because we need to get them manufactured in bulk. And I said, because he's threatening our livelihood, I will give him the special price of $200 a unit, <laughs> and he can pay us $4,800, and absolutely I will make the shirts for him. 
You are yeah. really generous. But you, I mean, obviously requiring payment up front, right? Yes, absolutely. It would, we would require payment up front, but that would be for actually any business. Absolutely. So there you go. What were you calling about? Um, I wanted to call about the, um, the children and agreeing in a free society and consent. Um, I'm sort of torn on this, Ian, because I would like to see you have thought this out a little bit better. And, and to a certain extent, I find myself agreeing with Mark, which you know I don't like to do. And <laughs> Who does? <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm sort of torn here, because even in a free society where everyone has consented and agreed to whatever uh, contract or law uh, that exists, of the day, the law du jour that everyone has found acceptable in, in whatever society they have formed. You have the problem of new people spontaneously existing yes. in that society, being that they are suddenly born on whatever plot of land that is. Right. And how do you solve for their consent? Because as you know, someone reaches 13, 14, 15, 16, you know, all the way up to 18, as though 18 is some sort of a magical number, it, it seems to be in Mark's mind. Um, hey, I'm just but, quoting that it's uh, you know that that's the age of majority in America. But well, yeah, and I guess it's 14 in Canada. But um, I don't think so, that um, you can sign contracts at 14 in Canada. You can just hump like bunnies. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? They shoot moose there. Um, so I, I'm just sort of wondering what? How, how do you deal with that? I mean, imagine if every child was like you, Ian, and we put these agreements in front of them. Pretty much every kid is just going to say no. I think if every and child they, was like Ian, uh, people would stop reading. <laughs> They'd have learned this their lessons quickly and, and just stop. This, this may be true, too. I just sort of wonder how, how would there be any sort of, you know, to use the cliched term of anarchy, I know you don't like to call yourself an anarchist, but it certainly sounds like you're supporting not only anarchy, but chaos. Because if everyone refuses to agree to any sort of rules whatsoever, You're how do you kids. ever have a society with any sort of, well, kids eventually become adults, and if they never agree to, to opt into a system, then there's never going to be any sort of uh, rule of law. Well, um, okay, first of all, they, there would be rule of law uh, in that there would be private rules in the whatever it is areas that they were in. And, and this is only – and you're presuming that every area will organize itself in the way that Ave Maria does. It, well, that's not necessarily going to be the case. But presuming that it does, then uh, those kids will be raised in that particular community. And most of them will probably be – you know, they'll fall right in line and they'll like the place that they live. And if they don't like it, they'll be able to leave and find someplace better. I mean, if they right, don't want to agree okay. with certain rules, then they're not going to be able to shop at a store – and continue to eat. But the point that, well, okay, there's that, that, and that's one way to do things, but what I'm suggesting is, is how is that any different than a system where you're saying, okay, get out of the country. In other words, that, that was the point that was brought up to you, is, okay, you always have the option of leaving. And what you're throwing back at me is, okay, you have the option of leaving. If you don't want to consent to the rule of law, then you have the option of leaving. Right, the rule and, of and private. And I'm talking about any sort of, and I'm talking about even in private law, even under any sort of system of organization, you have to consent at some point. And if you refuse to consent, then your only other option is leave or be completely ostracized, starve, whatever. Hang on, dude. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number you can take control of the airwaves with is 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com, the place to go. The features for free, including the archives. An entire year's worth of the show is waiting for you right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience at freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL, like Free Talk Live. That's code FTL to save 10%. LegalZoom.com. Let's go back to Johnson in Connecticut. Johnson, you're back on Free Talk Live. We're talking about the idea or the concept of consenting to rules in a society, um, whether that society is run by a government or people calling themselves the government or a uh, some sort of a private company or private, uh, you know, interlocking agreements between the residents there. Um, and can you just recap what it is you were uh, you were getting at before we had to run off to break? I want to present it in a different way. I want to present it this way because I think it will be the clearest. Supposing that we have gotten our libertarian society, or at least uh, there is a sex segment of, of people somewhere that have adopted a libertarian way of life and are not being interfered with by government. Okay. They have formed a private society where everyone consents to the, to the laws um, in that society. Then there is a child born. This child, being the revolutionary that he or she may be, grows up and is presented with these rules to be agreed to. Mm -hmm. And that child sees these laws and does not like them and refuses to consent. What should happen to that child? In a society where everyone has consented to the law, the child is there on uh, on that property, how does a libertarian society handle dissent from the spontaneous generation of human beings that is part of our human condition? People will be born on, on land. It would seem to me that if that person does not want to agree with the uh, the rules of that society, they would they would have to leave it, right? Okay, so it is acceptable to say get out in a society when consent is presented. It's especially. acceptable, like uh, it's my house, so if I want to kick somebody out of it at any old time, I can do that. It's my private property. It's my my rules. I can set the rules, right? I agree with you in that case. Yes. Right. So I this, don't know that I necessarily agree with you when it's a group or a society that is kicking you out because they have a set of rules. When in you're, other words, when you're how in is that a, different from a government? If you're in a gated neighborhood, for instance, and those gated neighborhood uh, homeowners have a dress code, or they have, for instance, um, as I was in a gated neighborhood at one time visiting a, a friend, uh, the, the rules were that you couldn't have a truck in the neighborhood after a certain time of night. I thought that rule was pretty silly. I happened to have a truck at that time, and as I was getting ready to leave this person's house, indeed, there was an agent out there uh, of the, you know, the uh, one of their... Yeah, security guards who was writing me up some sort of a citation for having a, a truck parked overnight. And so those people had agreed to live in a place where they didn't want trucks around at night, and that's okay. They can kick me out of their property if they don't want me there. I'm, I'm not sure what's so wrong now, about that. Well, okay, now let me ask this. Suppose that this child says, look, I didn't consent to your laws, and I'm going to stay here. This is free land. I, you know, I agree. I live here. You know, this is where I was born. This is I have as much right to to be doing what I want and being a free person as you do. Just because you've agreed to these laws doesn't mean that I have to agree to these laws. And now you're trying to kick me off this land. No, I'm not going, and I'm not going to abide by your laws. And That's I'm going fine. To do they can say all they want to. It's not going to stop the people from picking them up and placing them outside of the private lines, where they will then find themselves outside of that society. I mean, 
the, the people have consented, and if that person doesn't want to agree to the rules, he'll he'll be uh, he'll be forced out. Okay, so what I'm what I'm wondering is how is that different from a government? You know, in other words, that person is born, that person is being governed by governed by a society that they did not consent to. They are then being governed. I will uh, assert a difference between a private community and a government. Uh, in in the case of Ave Maria, um, the gentleman who owns Domino's Pizza, who's setting up this community, he bought that land. Um, it's outside of Belle Glade, uh, Florida, or something like that, uh, somewhere near Naples. He purchased that land. He worked. Um, he he mixed labor um, with the land by purchasing it, and it is his. He can set up whatever rules he wants. Whereas in the case of government, government kind of showed up after the people and. You know, uh, you know, quote unquote, by the people, right? And said, "This, this land here are ours. We we own all this stuff." And they didn't mix labor with the land. They don't have the same legitimacy that the uh, private community does. Right. Um. So I mean, th- th- that it would be the difference. The government took the land. The government. They said have... that if you don't pay your property taxes, if you don't pay your income taxes, you're going to jail. They just used force. They essentially stole the land from us. And government so doesn't have consent a... of all of the individuals living under its dominion, while private communities do have the consent. And if you're so talking about sense... new individuals being generated within that private community, obviously they will be sub they will become subject to the rules that were set up by those who generated those individuals. So in a sense in a community the light, the rights are attached the land and not necessarily to the people. I'm not sure what that means. Well, in other words, you in that private community, if that person, how is that person a free individual if the place where they are born decides how they're going to be controlled? In other words, that person is going to be governed because of where they were born. They aren't necessarily a free individual. It would depend on the rules by that private society. Some societies may have a lot more freedom than others. Others may so be you very, are not very restricted. Born free. You are not born with those intrinsic rights. Well, in many places, you aren't born with uh, uh, with freedom. So, if you want to, if you happen to be born in a place where there's a bunch of, you know, zealotous uh, Christians, for instance, uh, you know, fundamentalist Christians that have a very, very strict set of rules that they live underneath, um, you're obviously not going to have the same level of freedom as if you're born into a community of people where they respect each other's uh, belief systems and they leave each other alone. So, I mean, it all depends. I mean, I'm sorry, it's a roll of the dice when you get born. That's that's reality of life. As I mean, awful as it might be, you know, if you see some, if you see something that you think is terrible, then you certainly are welcome to mount some sort of an attack on the uh, Christian community. Let's say the Christians are, you know, these evil fundamentalist Christians are forcing their children to go to church, and you think it's wrong as an agnostic, and so you're going to get your agnostic army together to go and fight all, you know, fight and free those uh, those children from being forced into those churches. You know, you could do that, but then of course you'd be risking death in order to save someone else's kids from a fate that you happen to think is bad, but they think is good. So you'd probably just be best off leaving them alone and just feeling awful. Like, like for instance, I feel awful for those kids in Arizona that are born into these religious sects, Arizona and Utah. They're born into these freakish religious sects out in the middle of nowhere. They don't even know what America is. They just know that they're born into this plot of land where they're, when they're 12 years old, they, uh, they end up having sex with some weird guy who calls them his wife. And then, you know, they pop out babies and the process repeats all over again. I think that's an awful, awful thing to do. And I think those kids are living in a terrible situation. Would I get up and do anything about it? No. 
I don't know. I would think that there would be a lot of people out there who would argue and say that rights are something that you are born with and that it's not a, a factor of where you're born or what society you're born into or how any of that works. I, you know, generally I agree with the private society and everyone consenting. I just, I still think that this problem of children being born into this and, you know, being unwilling to consent, well, how do you govern them then? I agree. You know, what I know. what Look, is the just, legitimate way to govern people who refuse to consent to the rule, you know? Well, when you use the, the term legitimate, then we're talking about something different. Whereas with the private um, society of Ave Maria, you're talking about, um, you know, people consented, then they're, you know, they, and they consented that their families would uh, abide by these rules. And then when the child becomes age of majority, they can slide a contract in front of them. All of this, I believe, is legitimate, quote unquote. The illegitimate part of regular government is, is that they come along and say, we run this place. This is our land, our, you know, um, and you have to follow the rules or you're going to go to jail or get out. In sorry, addition, I meant the principled libertarian stance is what I meant. The principled libertarian stance. What would be the principled libertarian stance to governing, uh, you know, children who who refuse to consent to the rules? Well, of in, law? The, in a principled, in a world of principled libertarians, in an area of principled libertarians, the only rules would be to not harm others and not to use force or fraud. And so, therefore, anybody that was breaking those rules would be breaking common law, and they'd be punished uh, as as they should be. Thank you for the call, Johnson. 800-259-9231. As far as rights are concerned, I think that people are born inherently having rights. I agree with that concept. I like that concept. Unfortunately, the situation we're dealing with in the world today is that there are a lot of people in power that don't agree with that, that want to rule over others. And that's tragic. Can we really do anything about it? Ish. Not really. We can spread ideas. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now. 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line for you. That's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Inviting you to our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go. All the features on our site we give away. Uh, And we do also have a way that you can help support the show. And also get yourself some pretty cool stuff. Free Talk Live branded merchandise, as a matter of fact. Just go over to store.freetalklive.com to get your shopping done. We've got t-shirts. We've got hats. We've got hoodies. We've got, let's see, uh, also female versions of our t-shirts, specially designed for the ladies. Uh, in addition, we've got DVD Classic Archive collector sets, lighter bottle opener combo, a flag. We've got even uh, designs that don't even have our logo on them. So head on over to store.freetalklive.com. Check out the stock and place your order. Let's go to the phones and talk to Bill in New Hampshire. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amplifier line. Hello. Hi, I wanted to follow up on uh, your little discussion or argument or whatever you want to call it with Johnson. Um, you know, about these people who spontaneously appear on planet Earth and may or may not be subject to contracts, governance, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the concepts was, you know, you know you're know, you born in this place, you, you've lived in this house for, you know, a number of years with your parents. What happens, you know, when this, uh, when this property uh, is in the process of being transferred from their ownership to, you know, yours, are you subject to the terms of the contracts for you know the little society that you're you're you know inside of. I would say that uh, presuming they uh, <clears throat> presuming that they are aware of the the transaction as they probably would be in a very controlling area, then uh, yeah, you probably would be uh, you'd also be probably subject to some sort of an approval board. But what were you going to say? Well, 
I mean, my view of it is, you know, just because your parents own that property doesn't mean that you have any sort of, you know, expectation to just, you know, take possession of that, you know, without any sort of strings attached to it. Can't imagine you would. Um, you know, right. So, so your your parents signed this contract, and you know there there's I guess you could sort of say there's a sort of lien on that property with this you know society, mm-hmm. um, and so when it tries to get transferred to you, you can either accept that property with the conditions that are you know attached to it, or you can say no, you know I, I really don't want to accept those conditions, but you can give me fair market value for that property, and then I'll be happy. Right. Absolutely. Um, and so I think that you know children do have inherent rights, and while they're living in that society, you know, before they're at whatever you know age of majority or whatever that people generally accept, I think there's a difference. You know, that there are rules and there's law. And I think you know you and I would probably agree that you know law is that we are not going to initiate force upon people. We're not going to conduct our business you know under threat of force or fraud or anything like that. Right. We're not going to damage people's property. But all these other things that are in these little communities are rules. Right about the, the height of your bushes and you know whether you can have trucks out yeah, in front of the all, house. All these other stupid arbitrary things about you know we worship the great pumpkin or you know the sacred turnip. Or whatever it might be, you know, you're not you're not beholden to those things, and I think that as long as you stand up, you know, for for your right to be a free human being, you're in no way required to obey any of these stupid rules. I mean, you may you may incur some of the wrath of this this society, but I think that you know, if you're uh, you know, sort of intellectually aware enough and you can say that, hey, you know, I have these rights and I'm going to exercise them and I want to leave, then you should be able to do so. And probably, you know, whether or not people outside of, you know, that little society want to help or not, I think... It's up to them. Yeah, it is up to them. And whether or not they want to allow you to leave would be, of course, another question. And it would really just depend on the place you were born into. And again, that's the roll of the dice. Sure, yeah. I mean, that's a huge factor. So I, it's 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 kind of a tough call, you know, in in terms of you know all these these little weird religious sects and things like that, because you know it's the same sort of situation as we have with public schools. I mean, they raise an entire generation of people who are brainwashed to you know sort of uh, think of government as you know their god. That's their religion. It's their savior. They're mm-hmm. going to save them from everything. And all of a sudden, you know, now, now these people start procreating, and they start, you know, bringing their ch- children into this same sick sect that thinks that government yeah. is going to be their savior. I mean, what do we do about that? Well, we can, as I said, all we can do is spread ideas, um, because... Right, and I, I, I think that's, that's probably one of the most effective means that we can do, is, you know, just, just sort of go around and tell people what the truth is, yep. and try and help them the best that we can. And will we ever reach everyone with our ideas? ideas? Oh, absolutely no. not. I think that's unreasonable to even think of that. I mean, you, right. know, we're, we're, you know, in order to take a reasonable view, you know, we can do the best we can, and we can aim high and just hope for whatever we can get. If you think for a moment that you can help save everybody in the world from, you know, from tyranny and from an awful situation, you'll drive yourself insane because it's impossible. I mean, as I was saying, with these weirdo religious sects out in Arizona and Utah completely closed off from the rest of the world, the kids there don't even know that the world exists. Uh, you know, it's like the Truman Show. They just live in this little bubble. 
that's tragic. It's awful. Will my ideas ever even make it into that enclave? No way. They don't even have yeah, radios. They don't have television right. there. Uh, so there's no way that these great liberty-loving sort of oriented ideas will ever uh, cross those people's paths. Is that tragic? Yes. Should I be concerned about it? No. I've got my own life to live, and the fact is that if I want to, you know, if I want to have liberty in my life, I have to give these other people the liberty to live their lives in whatever bizarro, weird, sick, twisted ways they want to. Well, yeah, this is true. I mean, you know, should you be concerned about it? You probably should, but should you be uh, in any way sort of obligated to help them? I think the answer is no, and that's the problem that we you know, generally run into with, you know, all these socialist programs is, you know, just because the guy down the street is, you know, having a rough time, you know, getting enough money in order to buy food and he's eating dog food, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I probably should have some sort of moral or ethical, you know, crisis or whatever about this guy, you know, I mean, he's my neighbor, you know, he's a good guy, he shouldn't suffer like that. Should should I be obligated to help him under threat of punishment? Heck no. Because if we expand that, you know, to the rest of the world, I mean, where does it all end? I mean, you know, there's billions and billions of people on, you know, the face of the planet. How can I possibly afford to even send, you know, a penny to all of them? You can't. You can only you can only affect a certain amount in your life, and you have to just understand, accept that, and move on. Bill, any final thoughts? Okay. That's about it. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Mark, any other thoughts before we move on to the kid in the school? No, let's do that. All right, let's hit that. Uh, quick story from could be the school near you. I mean, these zero tolerance laws are everywhere. What happened? Arizona, a kid suspended, um, excuse me, a school suspends boy for sketching gun. Mesa, Arizona, from the AP, school officials suspended a 13-year-old boy sketching for, for sketching gun. what looked like <laughs> a gun, saying the action proposed a threat to his other classmates. The boy's parents said the drawing was wow. harmless doodle, and school officials overreacted. The yeah. school made him feel like a he committed a crime. They are doing more How damage than good. Um, 13. Okay. Wow. Well, you know, boys... Like guns. I was sketching a lot of guns when I was in school. I mean, that's just the way it is. Usually shooting people. I I usually have a little cartoon head that was getting hit by a bullet. I saw the the neighbor boys out uh, probably about two days ago, and they were walking around. They had the guns in their hands, and they were, you know... Uh, hiding behind trees and yeah. shooting at each other and that kind of thing. Is this dangerous activity? <laughs> boys have been doing this since boys have been around. Right. Ever, they've been picking up weapons, picking up sticks, and uh, imagining they were weapon, weapons since there were boys. It's true. I, I think that this is really bizarre. What's happening to this kid? The drawing did not show blood, bullets, injuries, or a target, um, any human, the parents said. And the East Valley, if it did, would that matter? The East Valley Tribune reported that the boy said he didn't intend for the picture to be a threat. Administrators of the Payne Junior High School in nearby Chandler suspended the boy on Monday for five days, but later wow. reduced it to three days, because obviously they couldn't be wrong. The boy's father, uh, Ben, here says that... Uh, he, um, when he went to the school to discuss his son's punishment, the school officials mentioned the seriousness of the issue and talked about oh. the massacre at Colorado's Columbine High School, where two teenagers shot and killed 12 students, a teacher in, um, and themselves in 1999. Um, he said that he was offended by the reference, and Chandler District spokesperson Terry Luck, who unfortunately got messed up in all this because he probably didn't make the decision, said the crude sketch was absolutely considered a threat and that threatening words or pictures are punishable. A gun, a drawing of a gun is a threat? 
What sort of an insane world do we live in? This is insane, and it's just, it's not fair because how many guns were drawn in school that day across America? Lots of little boys. There's a huge amount. Drew lots of guns. All over America. I tell you, I was and drawing... somehow the the classrooms of America are still just as safe as they were. I was doodling guns almost on a daily basis when I was in government school. Should I have been locked up for that? Thank goodness I'm not in government school anymore. Amplifier line, unscreened, quick thoughts. Get 10 uh, seconds. BB. BB. Jerk. That's funny. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. <laughs> Toodles. <laughs> DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.